we have a remarkable guest who is truly a beacon of strength and resilience for women who face the unimaginable. You know, what happened in our marriage is not water under the bridge. It happened. I forgave him. We reconciled our relationship and we have moved forward. But it's also a very pivotal piece of how we got to the marriage that we have today. Meet Kate Conwell, the founder of Journey Beyond Betrayal. Kate's mission is nothing short of remarkable. Through her online membership community and one-on-one coaching, Journey Beyond Betrayal is dedicated to empowering heartbroken women in the aftermath of their husband's unfaithfulness. Kate's work helps these women not only regain their confidence, but emerge from the darkness with newfound strength and resilience. Welcome to Empowering Women in Conversations, podcast to empower and uplift women by providing a safe space for them to share their stories and experiences and encourage the strength, resilience, and power of women. If you are tired of putting others' needs before your own, leading to burnout and resentment, and you are ready to transform and create relationships that are supportive rather than draining, join us on this journey of women overcoming adversities and achieving their true empowerment. Here's your host, a licensed professional counselor, Anita Sandoval. Welcome to another inspiring episode of Empowering Women in Conversations. Kate is a certified mental health coach. She firmly believes that every woman has something profoundly valuable to offer in the world, and she's here to guide them on that transformative journey. And what makes Kate's story even more remarkable is that she launched Journey Beyond Betrayal from her own deeply personal experience. She knows firsthand the pain of infidelity, facing it just five years into her own marriage. But what truly sets her apart is how she turned her deepest pain into a God-given purpose. Today, she and her husband, who also pursued his own healing, have been married for over 16 years, a testament to the redeeming power of faith and love. So get ready for an inspiring conversation as Kate Conwell shares her journey of healing, empowerment, and transformation, and how she's helping women emerge from betrayal stronger and more resilient than ever. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And let's start off with uh, our first question for our audience. There a bit about your background and expertise in helping women navigate the pain of infidelity. I would be happy to. So I am Kate and I am the founder of Journey Beyond Betrayal, which was birthed out of my own experience walking through infidelity in my marriage, what is now 11 years ago. So. Um, Background on that five years into our marriage, we had a one year old son, um, and I discovered that my husband had been unfaithful. And over the trickling out of information, received more and more information about what that looked like and how uh, the lies that had been present in our marriage uh, from the beginning. 
and were now revealed. And so that was the, to date, the most difficult thing I've ever been through, the most painful, heart-wrenching, but also probably the most uh, influential in, in shaping our marriage and who I am because of going through something so hard and then having to look and really look at what is it that I want? Who do I want to be? What do I want for our marriage? And, 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 and so while it was extremely painful, it was also a forcing to re-examine my life and our marriage in a way that I think can only happen when you're pre- presented with such a big tra- traumatic situation. And so while I didn't know if I wanted to be married, I pursued my own healing because I knew I had been this. I was very aware that this was a painful situation and was not going to go away on its own. And so I started to pursue healing and and my husband pursued his healing. And then um, when I was decided, okay, now let's like, I'm willing to give this another chance. Let's try to work on our marriage together. Then we came back together and worked on those things. And so we've always, when we came out the other side, we've always wanted to use our story to help others. And so I, he, he's been leading men. And then about uh, almost two years ago, now I had the concept, the idea behind what I wanted to do. And then it was just taking those steps to actually use my experience and what I've been through is to help other women so that they don't have to walk through it alone and they have someone to guide them. They have a place that's confidential to talk through it because I really think that's pivotal piece of, of getting through this is being able to talk about it and talk about it in a safe place and understand what's normal and be affirmed in what you're going through because it you feel like you're going crazy. You feel like nobody understands. You feel like you're not enough. But the reality is that none of those things are true. So that is uh, what I do now. And that's a long introduction to I love to it, it though. I don't know how to make it any shorter. <laughs> it's like, okay, you answered all my questions, done. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love what you said, because one of the common emotions of betrayal, you said you felt it so heart-wrenching. And I've mentioned in previous podcast episodes that betrayal is visceral straight to the heart. And so heartbroken, broken heart syndrome is real and you feel it. It's like somebody punching you and you're just breathless. And Mm -hmm. the other thing I heard was that you chose healing first before marriage. And I know some, Mm -hmm. some of my patients have preferred marriage over healing. And what happens, things creep up and then they come back and there's resentment and there's bitterness and there's depression and anxiety. And I love how Mm -hmm. you chose to do healing first. Your husband chose to do his healing first. And he made the decision to say, you know what? I need some healing to be aware Mm -hmm. of that for both of you is just Mm -hmm. so amazing. And I'm seeing how that has helped benefit the relationship between you two. Furthermore, knowing that you are able to offer that support in a non-judgmental way for people that are going through that, 
because there's a lot of programming around women that we have to be nice. We have to be perfect. We have to be the perfect wife, the Stepford wife, as they say. And you don't. You just have to be you, authentically you. And that's what you bring in. And I love that about you. Oh, thank you. That's one of my values is authenticity. So thank you for recognizing that. I see that. What are some common emotions and challenges that women often face when they discover their husband's infidelity? And I know you mentioned some, but what are some of the common emotions that are not being said that you may go through or women? Oh, gosh, I think you go through the whole host of negative emotions, you know, and you're in shock, disbelief, totally confused. You're con- you're questioning yourself. You're questioning the whole world because your world has essentially been flipped upside down is what it feels like. You don't know which way is up anymore because at least for me, it's like your foundation um, is like your day-to-day foundation is shaken. It feels like because you think, oh, this is the person that I can be most vulnerable with. This is the person that I'm most intimate with. And this is the person that now has hurt me in the deepest way. And so it is, it's gut-wrenching. It's just this gut-wrenching pain that uh, is hard to describe. But in the midst of that too, you're like, so confused like how could this happen your question you're going back in your mind and trying to make sense of something that you that will really never make sense to you because the person is not acting out in a logical way we try to take our healthy self and say well i would never well that's because you're in a healthy place where you're making decisions <laughs> at a rational in a rational way and and while people think that this is like a rational decision, so much evidence shows that it's often not an irrational decision that somebody is making. There's a root that is under underneath that. So, I mean, women then blame themselves. I think they feel like they're not enough. I mentioned that you feel like it's your fault. Maybe is something I've heard you, you feel like you're going crazy. That's another thing I hear like common from women you're inside of a very crazy situation so yeah that feelings wheel (laughs) all the negative ones just all of that what you're telling me is we have a sense of programming at least women do we grow up we meet prince charming we get married and we live happily ever after and then what happens is we notice wait what a second we're not supposed to be in this part of our marriage this is not how it goes so everything that was programmed just kind of broke and our mind is trying to make sense which doesn't make sense because it doesn't go with programming and you're now left with reality of oh wait well, they're just trying to cope in their way of whatever is affecting them, hence why, you know, healing is to be done and trying to make sense of the reality. And I, I think of it as uh, the matrix when they go the red pill or the blue pill <laughs> and you take the pill and you see the reality of what's happening and you make something beautiful from that authenticity and having that true relationship, but not of the fake uh, personas that the world wants us to be in society, but what is, you know, and uh, that's 
grief that you mentioned, shock, denial, I see that as a stage of grief because Mm -hmm. there's six stages of grief. And do you see that as well? Oh, absolutely. Grief, grief. That was one thing that I'm so grateful someone said to me early on in my healing process was like, you need to grieve and you need to grieve what you've lost. And, and we think of grief sometimes as just the loss of a person, but we grieve any loss, you know, any that you can grieve in big or small ways over many different things. And so that concept of grief was introduced to me very early on. And it's something I try to, to, in, um, educate women on because that sometimes they haven't even heard of that concept. And so it's, it, it allows you to put something into a perspective that maybe they weren't already like, Oh yeah, I know grief, the stages of grief. I just never thought I was doing that. And so when you can put words to what you're experiencing or even words and, and an understanding behind what you're experiencing, then that's when you can step out and be like, oh, I'm not crazy. I'm just in, I'm, I'm just walking through this in a very normal way. Yes. A very crazy situation, but yeah, grief. Absolutely. The first Q and a we had in our community was on grief and it was really educational to to think about. I see that. And then something that I know dependent on the attachment that the person grew up in, and maybe if they had any trauma growing up, will affect the mourning process within any loss. Overcoming adversities and becoming empowered one conversation at a time. When someone tells a person, well, this happened many years ago, it's water under the bridge, you should already, you know, move on. What are your opinions with that? Well, I think that the experiences that we have shape us into the people that we are. And then how you process through those experiences are going to influence how they impact you 5, 10, 20 years down the road you know, what happened in our marriage is not water under the bridge. It happened. I forgave him. We reconciled our relationship and we have moved forward, but it's also a very pivotal piece of how we got to be the marriage that we have today, especially with trauma, Yes, <laughs> which infidelity is, is there's tons of emerging research about how similar the experience a woman has, or any person who's been betrayed through this it can be similar to PTSD. Oh, it is. And trauma is not water under the bridge. It's uh, it's it's a flowing river that needs to be incorporated in, and that's how you heal, right? Is you yes. it, it becomes a piece of your life story, and it can it can actually be for growth if yes. you allow it to be. And yes. but it's you know the the soil from which you're going to grow out of. What you stand for, which is journey beyond betrayal, that mourning process, I see that as what you're going through as a journey in life and not a destination. Is that somewhat of what I would see the grieving stage of a person being betrayed when it comes to infidelity? Yeah, as a process, you mean? And and like the the, the journey never really 
Yeah, the, it doesn't end with them. It's more of a journey of them always discovering who they are. And now they've moved beyond that that betrayal to who they are, but they're still going. Yeah. I mean, and there is an element. It depends on every person, right? My My work now is helping other people walk through their journey. So as I'm helping others, I'm continuing on my own journey of learning, of growing, of becoming, you know, the woman that I, that I am and will be. And so I allow that experience and that knowledge to shape me. I mean, I think for some women, they, they do the growth work and they come out of it and it is just a piece of them that will always be there, but maybe they don't see that it's like a continuing journey from that. But I mean, I think we're always on a journey in our life. (laughs) It's not, you know, the destination just keeps, it's always out in front of us. We've never really arrived in life. So that that's kind of what I would say. It just, it's different from person to person, how much they, they pinpoint back to that. But I think it's an important, if when you, when you're going through infidelity, it's very painful and you can't see it when you're in the midst of it. But then once you heal from it, it's okay that it's a piece of you moving forward um, because it did happen and it has shaped you in a way. And if you can make that into a, into growth opportunity, that's yes. the best case yes. scenario. What I like to say, I'm really big on analogies is um, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade and sell it for profit. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's hard when you're in there, as you say, but once you go through the journey, you're starting to see how it has shaped you to be the person that you are in a better aspect of authenticity. What are some healthy ways for women to cope with this emotional pain, turmoil that they're going through caused by this infidelity? That's a great question. And one thing I consistently say it's right. It's those negative emotions that we don't want to feel right. And we're not often taught how to feel them or we're not comfortable feeling them. Uh, Maybe you were even told not like to hide those or push them away. They're bad. And I think you need to find a space and allow yourself an opportunity to feel what you're going through because it is painful and it is hard and it is a it is traumatic and you have to grieve it and by allowing yourself to have a space and a time to let yourself feel the negative feelings that are so uncomfortable to feel that we don't want to feel but when you allow them to be felt they will flow through you and and out of you more quickly because you cannot ignore it. You have to let yourself feel it. Yes. And, and so I'm not saying sit in depression and, and wallow in pain forever, yeah. but in the beginning, especially, and, and even as you work through the process, creating those pockets of time to let yourself feel uncomfortable yeah. will actually, I believe, you won't feel those negative things as much and as long if you actually let yourself feel them yes. when they come. Yes. And yes. so that that would be one thing I think is important for yes. women to know. And then I think surround yourself with people that that understand. 
as well so that you do know what's normal. You don't feel crazy. You don't feel alone. You have people speaking into your life, the truths that you can't see for yourself and, and to help you process and be known inside of that. I think it's a, it's a essential piece of healing to be with others. Yes. And, and going back to the feeling of the pain, cause I'm really big on that as a counselor. And that's something that we do is, you know, go through that pain as Rumi said, um, in order mm-hmm. to get over that pain, you need to go through that pain. It, it's more of a dance of a back and forth, go feel that pain and go back and rest and recover, then go back and feel that pain. And before you know it, you are desensitizing the body of that pain to allow room and space for what is the possibilities of positivity within yourself of authenticity. And Mm -hmm. that, that is just beautiful. I would add to what you said, you know, like you go back and forth. And I think that's important too, to allow yourself to step out of it and be like, I am going to put this in a box. As long as you don't put the box and you put it on the shelf and you put it in the attic and you never take it out again. Like it's okay to step out of your life for moments and pretend like this didn't happen (laughs) because you, you cannot carry that weight all the time. And it's okay to to feel joy and to laugh and to pretend like it's not there for moments as well. So there's, there's like the danger of going too far over here into like, it didn't happen. I'm not going to deal with it. Or like I'm staying over here. And so that dance is so important because you need both sides of it in order to get to, and you said you're stepping in, stepping out. And I love that. You can't play too much. You can't work too much. Life is just a balance. Need further guidance? Connect with the host, licensed professional counselor, Anita Sandoval on LinkedIn. What role can friends, family, support systems play in helping women heal and move forward and recover? They are pivotal, but it's also with an asterisk, right? Because you need the right people. Okay. Sometimes the wrong people are going to cause more damage, whether I I don't ever think it's intentional. I I choose to believe that people are not intentionally trying to hurt other people. But when you don't have people that are maybe educated on this kind of situation, they can't understand. And so you might get some bad advice. You might get some not so great support. Okay. Uh, you know, one woman shared yesterday, someone was like, well, just get over it. You know, it's like, yes, that's um, why I mentioned that. Yeah. You know, and so it, it, so you want to let the right people in to walk beside you because you cannot do this alone. You, you cannot do this alone. And so finding people that really are going to be compassionate and are going to love you where you're at without judgment and support you through this. And that's why that's was like the heart of journey beyond betrayal, the community piece of it, because I want women to have a safe place where it is all it's all other women who have been through or are going through this. So we get it. We get it. We know what you're going through and can encourage you, support you and, and be there as like with this, we all are struggling with the same questions, right? 
Yeah. And so having the community that knows, and then also the tangible people that are there that you can cry on their shoulder because we're a virtual community. You need those friends and pick them wisely. And also yeah. know that, you know, it might not be the person that you think it's going to be. It might be someone else. And and I had some beautiful friendships created out of the people that were there to support me and other people that can't handle it. And the, you realize that sometimes relationships are put to the fire and they don't survive for the people that are walking with other women. If you are that person, just support them where they are and, and reserve your judgment. Because if you haven't been there, you don't really understand what they're going through, but just listening is powerful. I mean, just listening and accepting and like crying with someone is, is a powerful situations. You noticed that there were some people you thought that you could turn to and they ended up not being the people you could turn to in the end. Mm -hmm. And one of the common misconceptions is that I can turn to my mother, I can turn to my family and it's going to be okay because they're family. What are your thoughts on that? That is very case by case, I think. And uh, you know your family, and I, I. There's pros and cons to letting your family in. Our family knew what we were going through, and there were some, you know, that the dynamic was different. I mean, some were very supportive from the beginning. I think some were also hurt. Like some of my family were also hurt by his deceptions and their him hurting me. And so he had to repair those relationships, which is understandable. Um, I think some, you know, some people don't know exactly what to say. So then the things they said were hurtful to me. And so then I had to repair those relationships. The benefit of having your family involved is that it provides accountability in the future. And so because our families are aware, it allowed me uh, also like a sphere of protection because now everybody knows. And so if anybody sees anything as we move forward, they're aware and they might say something. Not that they weren't saying anything before, but it was because our family knew and our friends knew, I felt like I had more eyes and I wasn't the only one. Okay. So I think we, we told a lot of people, I don't think that's what I would recommend is the number of people that we told, but that was part of my husband's healing process. A lot of people knew, but it's going to be kind of case by case with your family. And you might not know that's the hard part. You might not know. And you might think that someone's going to be there, like I said, and they, then it turns out they're the the ones that you wish you hadn't told. And then the people that you're like, Oh, it's going to be so hard to tell them. They're the ones that are like right there in it with you and, and walking with you through it be prayerful and thoughtful about who you let in, but there has to be somebody. You have to let somebody in. Sign up for up-to-date information and resources at conversationsatwork.org. You have the betrayal when it comes to in a relationship with infidelity. Then you tell someone whom you trust and share this vulnerable situation with And then in essence, get a betrayal as well when they are not there for you in a non-judgmental, compassionate manner. 
How do you, mm-hmm. how can someone cope with that secondary betrayal? That is something that is going to also be very difficult, right? And I would say to maybe shelf that until you've walked through the the first betrayal, right? Those secondary relationships, okay. how you handle those while they they make it worse or better in the in the moment like you want to deal with it immediately but like get through the deepest darkest betrayal first and then figure out how you're going to handle because when you're in the midst of trauma too like you're not thinking logically yes and so it's going to hurt more it it's not your your mind is really not functioning at its best it is not and so how you handle that can can be dealt with later okay like and so and then once you do that but you do need to at some point figure out how to do that and then it just becomes well is this something I need to forgive is it a relationship I want to be reconciled is this because there's a difference yes between extending forgiveness to that person and then reconciling the relationship that's true of any of the betrayals and and then do I need to rebuild this trust with them or maybe it wasn't a trust issue all the relationships don't have to be reconciled. Okay. Uh, and so knowing the difference between, okay, I may need to forgive this person, but maybe this isn't a person I need to have in my life anymore. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. the relationship needs to look different. Being patient, I think, and and working through forgiveness and what that looks like in each situation. The relationship you had before, the the amount of of impact of their decision had on your life and I didn't have many people that I really felt like I had negative response from like I, I but I've heard of some horrendous oh. situations. So Yes. So I'm understanding when you have that betrayal if you have when you're extending that relationship and you've been betrayed maybe they shared some stories that you only shared with them and whatnot it's best to just set loving limits to them. And mm-hmm. work on that first, you know, situation that is bigger. And once that relationship has gone into a place where you're able to relax and find some relief and then be able to think clearly, find solutions through the secondary relationship and see further what you're going to do about that. Yes, totally. I yeah. That. And that first relationship could just be you, right? Like, or you, your marriage yeah. or both, you know. So you need to work on your healing first. And that will be a part of your healing process. And I mean, if you really work through healing, you're going to be able to handle that secondary betrayal so much better from that place of like some healing than when you're still broken. And now this is, you're broken, this is broken, and you're trying to fix something broken with something broken. (laughs) Oh, there you go. Yes, I love that. And I love what you said on... It is your choice whether you choose to forgive and close and end that relationship or forgive and work on making amends in that and building the trust again. So it's a choice on that mm-hmm. person that they have the power to decide. Well, some may not understand what someone is going through. And there are some friends that really want to be there for them, but they have not gone through them that experience. What can you share? Maybe some advice or some thoughts of wisdom here for someone to be there that has not personally experienced that 
or someone that they love? I would suggest like advice I would give. And then just that listening is so powerful and, and you cannot hurt someone by listening. Right. So you want to say the right thing. You want to take their pain away. Yeah. But they're, they're in the middle of it. And so just listening to them and being there with them and, and avoiding any judgment, but just being like, you know, thank you for sharing that. I, I can't understand, but I am here for you. You know, I love you. How can I help, you know? And, and then on that same note, just give her some grace because she's in the midst of a trauma and she might not be a great friend right now. Oh, she's not capable of being a great friend. Yes. And, and so give her compassion and grace because she may be the one that snaps at you and you you don't understand why she's behaving that way you maybe not experienced the significant loss or trauma that she's walking through and so just to extend grace and know she's probably coming from a place of hurt yeah and you know that that secondary hurt could come from from her but it's 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 her pain speaking and yeah. just giving grace and compassion and a listening ear is really going to go so far. Connect with Anita on Facebook, facebook.com slash conversations that work. Can you share some stories of women that have transformed their lives and found empowerment growth after experiencing this pain of infidelity? Oh, yeah, there's so many. I mean, there's some very big ones that have written books about it. Wow. You know, and and so I think some of my favorite books I'll reference to one is called Shattered Vows. Another one reading Intimate Deception, both women who have written books about their transformation and, and the strength and resilience that they've experienced through their deepest, most painful moments of infidelity. And I think even, you know, within the community that I have, women that come in and then realize that the strength that they have and the person that they've maybe felt like they lost because it's hidden in the pain or it was hidden over years, even before this, like motherhood and we lose sight of ourselves and who we are. And, and then realizing like, wait a minute, I've always been this person. Yeah. Or I've been afraid to be this person and now I can be this person and finding that strength inside of themselves that was always there yeah. and was either never shown or was hidden and then and then reemerged. Uh, I mean, that's my hope for every woman that comes through the community. And so the Journey Bound Betrayal community has only existed for a year. So some of those stories are still being written. Okay. Uh, but there is transformation happening and they are finding those pieces of strength on which to rebuild their lives, on which they will stand in five, 10 years from now to tell wow. those stories. But I think the people that really heal from it. I mean, because we I've walked through this with other people before the community. Most people who heal well from this do want to help others heal well from it as well. And so that's one thing. It's like when you've been there, 
anyone who comes to you and says like, I've been there there, I'm going, I'm there right now. You know, it's like this sisterhood that just is like, okay, like let's get through this. Mm -hmm. And those are people that have healed. Well, those are the stories you're talking about, right? Um, Of the people who emerged stronger. And I think that's the beauty of it is like you come out of it healed well, and you want to help other people heal well. Yes. And and experience the same transformation and that you experienced through it. So I, and I want to say, because I know some women like to think, well, is my marriage going to work? Is my marriage not going to work when it comes to this infidelity? I I hear you say healing a lot here, which is a good thing, because I want to reiterate this to the audience, that first and foremost is your healing, the authenticity that you say. And then if the other person does the same thing, then you're both at that same place to see what is that new normal of amazing relationship that you could have of trueness because of its mm-hmm. authenticity. I myself, I used to be married many, many, many years ago and ended up getting divorced in 2001, because there was infidelity. And Mm -hmm. I tried to make it work going back. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, healing, but he wasn't. I came from a place of healing and being better and transforming, but he wasn't doing any of Mm -hmm. the healing. And I just realized Mm -hmm. this isn't going to work because at best, Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for 50% of the of the relationship. And if he isn't mm-hmm. doing his part, there's nothing that can be done. And mm-hmm. and I wasn't thinking of the marriage. I was thinking of myself. And many, many mm-hmm. moons later, you know, I get remarried and I'm with my husband for, oh my gosh, many, many years. We've known each other and been together. We're going on 20 years next year. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I realized that through my healing of the first marriage, I realized what I do want, what I don't want what type of relationship I want is where I'm going through this journey. They're going through this journey and we're just having that real relationship. I love that you bring in with your story. There is hope to be married still, but it takes both people to work at it and both Mm -hmm. continually working on this journey and healing. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first, thank you for sharing that with me. And uh, I know it's not easy to always share those personal things about yourself. So I appreciate that. I, that is one of my big messages is that you do have choices. You can, you get to choose if you heal and only you can choose. He actually can't choose that. You have to choose to heal yourself. And so I want women to understand that they do have a choice in, in how this moves forward, as far as what it looks like for them finding healing and then moving beyond the betrayal, that piece of it is you're responsible for that. Now you're not responsible for what happened to you, but you are responsible for what happens now. And so I think you don't feel like you have choices sometimes, but you're making a choice even in that whatever it is that you feel like you're not choosing, you're yeah. still choosing it. Maybe it's just more subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. It's right? an avoidance and, of it. Yeah. You know, oh, I can't, I can't leave because I don't, I don't have my own job. Okay. Then you're choosing to stay in a financially se- secure situation rather than 
something else. Yeah. You know, you're deciding yes. that him cheating, like being a perpetual cheater, but having financial security is more important than that's your choice. That yeah. is a choice that you yes. are making and you can make that. And yes. I'm not going to judge you for that. It's your choice. Uh, but it doesn't always feel like a choice. Maybe. I love that. But, you said I, that. Yeah. but absolutely. It takes two people to heal the marriage. I think if you want your marriage to become better, to become stronger, to become more resilient. Yeah. That takes two people for the marriage to be healed and for the marriage to grow. You can stay married to someone if they aren't doing anything again, that's your choice. Yeah. If you value marriage above all else and you're just going to stay married no matter what happens, that is your choice. Yeah. But to really have a thriving, healed marriage takes two people. And so he has to choose if he's going to pursue healing as well. And I think, you know, I think at the beginning you said, you know, sometimes people focus on the marriage so much. And it's like, if you have a man who is working on his healing and a woman who is working on her healing, how in the world is the marriage not going to be healed? Whereas if you try to heal the marriage and you're not fixing the broken pieces in both of you, your lack of communication or the the lack of transparency that you had there, you know, and those are not reasons that it's okay to cheat. Yeah. Don't get me wrong there, yes. but you know, you have to work on those things together. But if yeah. you have someone pursuing their healing and someone else pursuing their healing, of course, this is going to work better yes. because you have healthy people in a marriage yes. In, yes. instead of one or zero, yes. you know? And, and so you have to pursue your own healing oh. and the marriage will have a way better chance of, of surviving if oh, you're both, if you're both doing it, but it, yeah, it takes two people Thank for the you. marriage. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And what final advice or words of encouragement do you have for women who are listening here to this podcast episode and may be dealing with these similar challenges? I just want you to know, like, there is hope. This feels, if you're in the middle of this, it feels so overwhelming, so all-consuming. You think this is going to be the rest of your life and, and you'll never get through this, but it does not have to last forever. You, there is absolutely hope and you get to choose that. You get to choose to pursue healing and you have that choice. And I would encourage you to make the choice to pursue healing because there is hope on the other side of this. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there also, I mean, we didn't touch on this a lot, but it's, I just want to be clear. Like it's not your fault. So whatever he's saying, you know, it, it is not your fault. Nothing you did or said or didn't do justifies someone being unfaithful in their marriage. There are all sorts of other alternatives to any, you know, any sort of complaint that a, that a betrayer may have that don't involve being unfaithful. Just know this is not your fault and it is not because you are not enough. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely enough. You were enough before, you were enough when it happened and you are still enough now. You. So, Thank you so much for sharing that. Saying. 
Yes. And thank you so much for sharing your insights and experiences with us today. And I know our listeners are going to want to love to connect with you and learn more from your journey. So if you can just tell us where they can find you on social media, any other platforms, please feel free to share your websites, handles, any projects that you'd like to highlight. Absolutely. I am at Journey Beyond Betrayal on Instagram and also Facebook and then website, same journeybeyondbetrayal.com. So it's pretty easy to find me. I have a community I to support you uh, with other women surrounding you to walk through this. I do one-on-one coaching to personalize the support and really help you see progress as you work towards whatever healing looks like for you and the struggles that you have specifically. So I... If you are a woman that is walking through this, I would love to meet you, support you, hear your story, and just figure out what we can do to help you see the hope and find the healing that you're looking for. Yes. And I'll go ahead and put that and post that in the show notes, everyone. So feel free to look up the show notes and you'll see the links there. And I want to end this podcast episode with two questions for you. What is your definition of an empowered woman? Ooh, deep. (laughs) I think an empowered woman is someone who knows who she is Mm -hmm. and is living boldly in that, in a way that inspires and encourages other women and, and lifts them up to come with her. So it's not about I'm up here and you are down there, but yes. Let's all rise up together. Oh and I'm going to use my gifts and I want him, I want you to be equipped and empowered in your gifts because together we are going to be so much stronger. Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. The last one. I know you have your your boys. I do have two boys. So imagine a scenario where everything about you has been lost to due to unforeseen events and three generations from now down the line there is a letter that your future future great great granddaughter has discovered and in this letter you have the opportunity to impart a profound truth and empowering other women in your family line what would the truth be what would the message be that you would want to convey and inspire the women of the future Oh my gosh. These are such great questions. Such great questions. Uh, I think I would want to emphasize who she was created to be, who God created her to be, and who God created all of these women to be with unique gifts, with unique talents, and, and not to try to be like someone else, but to really step into whatever it is that makes her or them uniquely amazing and to just really encourage that uh that part of her to see herself with pride and with love and to be compassionate to herself the way she would be to others to really think about you know I'm writing from this great great to to this what do you want you know to inspire her to think yeah. okay what is the legacy that I want to live and to start living it yeah. to live it and to be what she wants for her generations after her to be. And so I would want to point her to who she is because of who God created her to be. And then also point her forward 
to what the legacy she wants to leave behind. And, and to there's never, it's never too early to start, yeah. you know, living yeah. the life that you want to be remembered yeah. for. Thanks for listening to Empowering Women in Conversations. This conversation has ended, but your journey to empowerment continues. Please share with someone you know who will find this conversation helpful and inspiring. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Until our next empowered conversation with your host, licensed professional counselor, Anita Sandoval. And remember, we are brave. We are strong. We are compassionate. We are women empowered. Go out there and claim your power.